0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just coming at you as usual. Um, back at it again after the mm-hmm. bye week, which was, I think I, I speak for both of us. It was really nice, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was nice in terms of just, like, calming down, like, just taking time to relax. Like, I made gumbo, um, ran a half marathon, so, like, not uh, not laborious tasks. Yeah. But it was nice just to, like, take a break and reset um, and do things that
0: bring me joy so absolutely and I mean you know it the season just gets so hectic you know for everyone involved obviously mm-hmm. the team you know fans everyone you know it's it's a it's a consistent you know grind all the time so having a few days you know even just a few I, I think it means a lot to everybody especially the team you know we heard that just mm-hmm. talking to them that it was a, a good chance to recharge the batteries reset a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, give your give your body a little bit of a break before the last 5 weeks of the season.
0: Absolutely. And we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into mm-hmm. all the football talk um, here in a bit, but I think first order of business to talk about, we're going to get into the schedule release too, but before we do that, you know, the volleyball team, sorry, we haven't I, I've neglected, you know, to to include a few volleyball segments in, in the last couple of weeks, but you know, they've just been winning. They've just been on a tear that changed a little bit last night mm-hmm. um so yeah let's talk about it i mean wisconsin i mean they just have nebraska's number don't they
1: yeah and it and it's not just like it's one person in particular from wisconsin like the old cliche goes you know that the faces change but still still winning uh, yeah. still dominating and uh even though nebraska was number 1 didn't quite look like it last night um there were just Plenty of times where they just looked lost and not up to the caliber of play that we are all we are all so used to seeing from them.
0: Yeah, outside um, of
1: Becca, Alex, she played pretty great.
0: Yeah, and worth noting, I mean, she had team high 13 kills in the match. Nobody else had more than seven. Um, you know, which obviously, I mean, playing out of the middle, you can make a big impact. But I mean, you want you want your outside hitters usually to to be the ones leading the offense. So you know, something something to look at in terms of adjustments. But, you know, really, I thought it was those first two sets, it was just such a, a tight margin. You know, the first one, you know, just a slight tip on the block, you know, gives the, the set to Wisconsin. And then, you know, the second one, obviously, Badgers raced out to a quite a big start. Nebraska almost came all the way back, just uh, mm-hmm. couldn't quite get that second set. And no, the third one kind of kind of rolls over in that instance usually.
1: Yeah, as I'm sitting on my couch last night watching the second set, and it's 22 to 12, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> the, the, the train has completely come off the track this is a disaster. And then little by little, Nebraska chips back and chips back, and you're like, all right, we see some fight. And then they tie it up, and I'm just like, okay. What's happening here? And then, of course, Wisconsin wins the next two points and ends the the set. And you just didn't see that fight um, from Nebraska for a whole lot longer in that third. And sometimes it comes down to it. You know, you have to, you know, sometimes you just play ugly, but you got to win when you're playing ugly and find ways to win. And Nebraska just, it wasn't happening for them last night.
0: Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it was a little bit of a, a taste of their own medicine because... Nebraska had won 19 straight sets, you know, swept quite a few opponents in a row heading into that one. Um, So, you know, Wisconsin, you know, brings them back down to earth a little bit. But, you know, top five teams, you know, both these programs are going to have, you know, big postseason expectations. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin coming off a great year. Um, So, (laughs) you know, a lot of new players, but, you know, they still have that that winning mentality. I thought it was a great crowd there that they had, too, Mm -hmm. for that match as well. Um, but Nebraska will have the chance to get right. Two home matches against Indiana and Maryland. And, of course, cir- circle your calendars. Uh, Wisconsin comes to the Devaney on November 25th.
1: Yeah, Nebraska fans are going to have to to pick what they want to do that day because that's the Black Friday football game against Iowa. And then, you know, Wisconsin part two
0: here Lincoln. And there's a, a World Cup USA soccer match on that day, which I will be greatly disappointed to be missing as we uh, watch an exciting game of of Iowa football, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in due time.
1: <laughs> you couldn't even keep a straight face when no, saying that. No, so. definitely not.
0: <laughs> well, the good news is uh, 2023 schedule finally out. You know, we were waiting a little bit, you know, to hear about mm-hmm. it because it had been set, and then it had kind of been like taken back, and a little bit of mystique
1: yeah. um, involved
0: yeah. with it, so.
1: Yeah, and some of that comes down to um, the NCAA came down with a ruling not too terribly long ago that divisions aren't required and all of that. And the Big Ten decided, well, do we want divisions? Um, turns out they're going to keep the divisions for 2023, but that's why um, the schedule was originally pulled um, and you know revamped a little bit. Um, not a whole lot of changes. Um, some dates moved around, but yeah. all the opponents are the same for yep. Nebraska as they were on the original one. Um, which is good, I suppose. Um, You know, three crossover opponents. You've got Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, Maryland lucking out there with, you know, not having uh, Ohio State and Penn State. Absolutely. Um, You get only one of the three-headed monster from the East. It's a win, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I think it sets up pretty favorably. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, again, obviously teams will change. You know, the portal has made it a... very difficult you yes. know, to project this far out. But obviously, you know, the those powers, those are the ones that you expect to have that top twenty-five ranking be right there. Um, I think what's interesting is opening the season a little bit early again, mm-hmm. Thursday night game at Minnesota. You know, that's that's gonna be a tough test going on the road to to Minnesota there in week one.
1: Yeah, and with a new head coach, whoever that is. Probably a bunch of new players because that's just the way that the last several seasons have turned out, not just for Nebraska, but for college football in general. Um, Yeah, that's going to be a little interesting. But a a silver lining, a positive note when you're playing on a Thursday is you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday when you wouldn't have had that normally. So that gives a little extra time for whoever the new head coach is little extra time to review some things, look mm-hmm. at what they did well, look at what they didn't, and have more time to prepare for Colorado.
0: Yep. And non-conference schedule was obviously already set. I think it's kind of crazy how those things are, <laughs> you know, scheduled obviously, you know, six, seven, eight years in advance. Whatever 10, it is. 11, yeah.
1: 12 years Absolutely. in advance. Absolutely, yeah. Which
0: I, I get, but, you know, it, it's still kind of interesting. But, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, having to go on the road again in week two, You know, getting a few extra days at home, I think in between that will, you know, help calm the nerves maybe a little bit or whatever, Um, but Northern Illinois and Louisiana attack home games, the other two non-conference, and bye week coming exactly midway through the season, six games in, six games to go, that's a a pretty nice break in the action. Yeah, you'd love to see that.
1: Um, The earliest bye week any uh, Big 12 team has, I think, is in like week five or six, and then... um, which is way yeah, too early. Sure. And then some teams have it um, in the fifth to last week mm-hmm. of the season, so then they only have four games to go. Like That's too late, too. So Nebraska, I think, locked out yeah. there. And it's right in the middle of your season. Um, you, know, you have uh, only a couple road games after that, mm-hmm. um, which is a bonus um, because of the back-to-back road games to open the season. They don't have another back-to-back road um like, stretch at all yeah. through the rest of the season, which, again, a uh, positive.
0: Yeah, and I think, so, it's uh, combined with, you know, the bye week, times in between, one road game and a seven-week stretch, you that's know, after so, that would
1: That's so yeah. positive for Nebraska. Like, that's, that's what you want. Like, yes, have you uh, opened the Big Ten slate on the road for now, what, six years in a row? Yes, but uh, it'll, when you look at the opposite of that and you see, oh, you're going to be at home for almost like two full months. Yeah. It's great.
0: That'll give them a lot of, presuming that, you know, they can get winning. That gives you a lot of momentum, you know, mm-hmm. staying, staying at home like that. And the home games um, on the schedule, Michigan, Northwestern, Purdue, Maryland, and Iowa. Uh, the road games, obviously, Minnesota there in week one, Illinois, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. So, yep, 2023 schedule released, fully uh, good to go. We'll look forward to uh, 2024 in a year. Uh, see how the California schools enter the mix. What the heck the Big Ten will decide to do? Um, that'll be interesting to see, won't it?
1: I'm I'm very ready for yeah. California.
0: <laughs> I'm ready. That's right, and especially you know let's see let's see if they can get that in an October or November or something. I mean that's a that's going to be a lucrative travel package for for many fans. So. Can't wait.
1: I personally can't yeah. wait. I'm sure everyone is the same. But
0: I've actually, we have. I've, I've never been to California. Have you? Yes. Yes. Many
1: times. Yes, I was there earlier this year for the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> casual, casual flex here on the podcast. But it's I've had okay.
1: a. <laughs> I've had a pretty eventful year in terms of just like wild things yeah. that I've covered because um, I got to cover the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, Final Four in New Orleans, the Ireland game. Mm-hmm. And then um, regardless of if Nebraska makes it or not, I will be covering the Final Four in Omaha for volleyball um, because that is a thing that you should do, even if your home team isn't there. I think they will be. Like, I still think they will be. Yeah. Like, Just because they lost um, yesterday, in a pretty painful fashion. I do not think the sky is falling. It happens. No, we just have to see how they bounce back. But yeah, I've had a, a pretty interesting yeah, year. Yeah,
0: I think <laughs> I think, you know, maybe maybe a good off season pod. We can we can go over some of those those mini crazy football games that you've covered. Montana, New Orleans, I mean, all over. It's uh it's I've, never never a you know an easy easy quick game or day I, for you, huh?
1: I I do not know what it is like to not be in constant chaos <laughs> at all times. Yeah. This season um, included Indeed. in that, of course. Uh, speaking of chaos,
0: Illinois. Yes, big game. <laughs> big game coming to town and kind of interesting. I mean, before the season, would, would anybody have circled this as a key game in the Big Ten West?
1: Uh, no. I said before the season that this is an easy win, <laughs> I'm dumb. Oh well, yeah, no,
0: I, I think, I think my preseason prediction. I think I said Nebraska would win this one too. I think I also predicted them to be eight and four. But let's, uh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> right everyone now.
1: was uh, giving me grief for saying like yeah. six and six, seven and five, and and yet here we are.
0: So. Indeed, but I mean, it's been a, a really impressive turnaround from this Illinois team. Um, improved just in every facet of the game this year and. You know, I, I take it back to that Week 2 game against Indiana, too. I mean, a, a three-point loss isn't it isn't horrible, but Indiana was very bad last year.
1: They're very bad they this year. Yeah,
0: they haven't shown improvements other than winning that game <laughs> this year. Um, so, you know, at the time you think Illinois loses this game. They're kind of in that same, you know, seller-dweller status. But the 20, 23 points that they allowed Illinois in that one, by far the most they've allowed all year. And just uh, just a team that's built on defense, you know. Quick statistic, they're they're scoring twenty-six points a game below average. That's number eighty-five in the nation, but their defense, number one overall, eight point nine points allowed per game. I <laughs> that's mean that's, insane. Yeah.
1: Now, granted, right, they've played Wyoming, Indiana, Virginia, Chattanooga, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. So not like the pinnacle of everything that you want an yeah. offense to be. So I think that like, yes, their defense is nothing to sneeze at, sneeze at. They're really good, but also Nebraska will be the best offense that they face this season, so it'll be interesting. I still don't think Nebraska pulls it off, but I think it's going to be close.
0: Yeah, agreed, and I, I think a, a major reason why it's going to be such a challenge for Nebraska is, of course, the Illini pass rush. I mean, we've seen teams that might not have elite pass rushers, that might not be, you know, the, the sack production talents, and You know, they've they've done a good job against Nebraska because pass protection is not the strength of this offensive line. No. You know, it's it's an area where they get beat quite frequently, and Illinois is a team that beats opposing offensive lines very frequently. Uh, Top 15 national mark, 23 sacks this season, and not just from one player either. uh, Four different Illinois players with either three and a half or four sacks this season. So they're going to rotate these guys in. They're going to be fresh know ready to go this is this is their bread and butter you know to get after the quarterback and make sure those passing games don't get going
1: yeah it's a uh, it's gonna be ugly I think um in that regard yeah. um a lot of check downs I imagine
0: yes get the ball out quick that's gonna lots be lots of check
1: downs I,
0: I'm wondering I'm still wondering all year are we ever gonna see the return of the bubble screen the swing pass I mean where where have they gone <laughs> you know
1: I'm I'm not a huge fan of yeah. the bubble screen. I know, I know. I, know. Um, yeah. I think Montana and the Saints just run it far too often, so I feel like I'm scarred for life. Um, but if it works, it works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Get I don't in. think
0: I don't think that's a, a Mark Whipple concept. So. I don't. Think that's so. why. <laughs> that's why we haven't seen it so far this year. But yeah, no.
1: Lots of checkdowns, I imagine, this week. Or yeah. if not, lot lots of, of sacks.
0: Yep. It can happen.
1: It can. We've seen
0: it. Yes. Well, I mean, it's going to be an interesting challenge then on the other side of the ball. um, You know, Tommy DeVito, having a really good year, he's been careful with the football. Only two interceptions, uh, 10 touchdowns, I think, so far this year, uh, 1,400 yards. So, you know, he's not necessarily a guy who they need to go out there and, you know, throw 30, 35 times a game. It's because Chase Brown will go out there and run it 30, 35 times a game. He had uh, 41 carries, I think, against Minnesota, like 45 total touches. I mean... He's a workhorse.
1: Yeah, he has had 19-plus in every game, including, yeah, because against Minnesota he had 41 rushes for 180 yards. (laughs) That's insane. Um, And then against Indiana, 36 rushes for 199 yards. Yeah. If Nebraska isn't careful, we're going to see a stat line like that or
0: worse. Or or worse, definitely. I mean, it's it's a thing where, too, like – you know, why, why Brown is so effective is, you know, he, if he can just tear off, you know, a four-yard carry every time, I mean, that's why they're comfortable giving him the ball 30 times a game. You know, mm-hmm. he just pops off quite a few for, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards, and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of running backs have done that against Nebraska this year.
1: Yeah, his full stat line, 192 rushes for 1,059 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per touch.
0: Number one rusher in the nation coming coming to Lincoln this week. So we will see. Um, mm-hmm. Going be, to be an interesting one on that side of the ball, see how the run defense has improved. Um, but I think, you know, we agree it's, it's going to be the Nebraska offense against the Illinois defense that mm-hmm. might dictate how this game goes, which brings us into our Husker Hot Topic for this week. Um, you know, that that's the question. You know, how can Nebraska break through against the nation's best scoring defense?
1: Trey Palmer, nation's best receiver.
0: I Trey Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been a, a topic all week, you know, it's like Trey Palmer is, is the offense essentially, you know, mm-hmm. how did they manage without him or how did they get him open? You know, even when teams try to slow him down.
1: Yeah. I, I envision that he'll be bracketed a lot. Yeah. Um, but even when you do that, he is so fast. I mean, Mickey Joseph said this week that, that that's the fastest receiver he's ever worked with. And he's worked with some really good, really talented, really speedy receivers. And Jamar is the fastest. It's not even close. So does Illinois have two guys in their secondary that can keep up with him? Are there two guys on the same team anywhere that can keep up with him? Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, But he's Nebraska's best hope. Um, in facing not just this defense but the other super talented yeah. defenses that are coming up. Um, or, you know, you just get a lot of checkdowns or there's a new wrinkle from the offense that they show that they haven't shown at all yet this season. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a Trey Palmer bust.
0: I definitely agree because hadn't even touched on it, but, I mean, part of the reason why this Illinois defense is so good because the run defense, second best in the whole nation, um, 77.9 rushing yards allowed per game, which is really impressive, you know, considering, I mean, last three weeks, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, I mean, those are three teams that want to run the football and just couldn't get it done against Illinois. So, you know, I I anticipate, yes, Huskers will want to get Anthony Grant going, especially, you know, since he didn't make a huge impact against Purdue either. But, I mean, how many one, two-yard gains can you take before, you know, you – you go back to the big play threat that you have with Trey Palmer. I mean, it's just the the chance of popping a big play every time you look his way is just it's what it's what's keeping this offense ticking and you know, I I don't know what what they could do to change that against Illinois. I mean, it's just it's been the best offense that they have.
1: If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave it alone.
0: There we go. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how it shakes out, but I think we're we're very much in agreement it's on our, our game prediction, which is pretty rare. You know, we're usually a few points off, but I'm going Illinois 28-20 in this one.
1: And I am Illinois 27, Nebraska 20.
0: And, and we yeah. have, like,
1: the same mindset in this. Like, this, is, it's just not going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Um, Illinois' defense is really, really good. And, um, you know, I just don't think it's going to – be like a Big 12-type showdown on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think back to the Rutgers game, which mm-hmm. Rutgers, you know, pretty decent defense. They've done a good job limiting most opponents. And, you know, Nebraska struggles for a whole half, you know, ends up with a 14-point performance. And, yes, you know, they can execute better against Illinois. They can, you know, improve certain aspects from that game. But, again, I mean, this is the best defense in the whole country, allowing about 10 points per game. Casey Thompson, Trey Palmer, you know, these guys can test this team. And that's why I feel, you know, comfortable putting Nebraska at 20, you know, roughly doubling that season average. But it's really hard for me to see anything more than that. Yep, we are in agreement on that one. Yeah. So, you know, it'll come down to, you know, can they limit Chase Brown at all? Because, you know, I thought it was, you know, nice. Bill Bush on on Wednesday, he was saying, oh, you know, this concept of stop the run, you know, they're not going to, rush for four total yards it's limiting the run mm-hmm. which you know obviously people kind of get that but I mean it is it is important to mm-hmm. to make that clarification because especially against a team like this there's no stopping it there's only just forcing them to pass more than they would probably like to
1: yeah if if Nebraska keeps Brown under 150 yards I consider that a win mm-hmm. and people thinking that are like what like no well let's just let's just look at at his entire season. Against Wyoming, 19 carries for 151 yards. Against Indiana, 36 for 199 yards. Virginia, 20 for 146. Chattanooga, 20 for 108, and they pulled him out early because um, they pulled everyone out early. Um, Wisconsin, 25 for 129. Uh, Iowa, 31, 146. Minnesota, 41, 180 you're not stopping this guy
0: yeah I you're mean, not
1: stopping this guy I mean
0: 150 yards that's like an average performance for him and knowing that Nebraska has a very below average run defense I mean yeah, that's that's why a good target. that would be a win yeah. for me absolutely I mean it's a it's a huge game for Illinois which by the way hasn't had a winning season um, in an entire decade so getting this win that'll put them there it keep them right there in the Big Ten West you know leading the way versus Nebraska I mean the opportunity to that they have in this one, Purdue last week was a big game, you know, to to try to get that Big Ten West. But this one, I mean, it, it moved them into a tie for Illinois. It's a huge game, plenty to play for um, for both teams. So hopefully, some high level execution um, that we see there on Saturday.
1: We'll find out, won't we?
0: Indeed, I mean, that'll be the that'll be the test. Uh, a great Illinois defense coming here to Lincoln. What can the Huskers do to stop them? I mean, we'll see, and we'll we'll be there for all the coverage. Two thirty mm-hmm. kick. Um, It's got a a classic ABC feel to it. Um, Should be nice. Fall weather, 50 50 to 60 degrees, Mm a little bit of wind. Um, Team practice outside today, by the way, in Memorial Stadium. Should try to acclimate for that, get ready for everything on Saturday. But I think that's all we got for for Mm -hmm. our Illinois preview. You know, talking schedule, volleyball a little bit. Obviously, we'll be be back at you next week with another podcast. But, you know, stay tuned out there on Saturday. Like I said, big game. A lot could go right. Could be another tough one, but but we'll see how it shakes out. Awesome. Appreciate all of you tuning in uh, to today's Life in the Red podcast. For me, Just, I've been Luke Mullen. Appreciate all you watching.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.
0: At Granger, we're here for you.